the Whitetail Hustler podcast. Welcome back. This is going to be the intro part of episode three. I know it's crazy, right? Three episodes of a podcast. Man, it's crazy. <laughs> um, I'm sorry that it took me so long to get another episode out. It's end of the year 2023. Um, while I'm recording this, uh, well, it, today is the 26th of January. So it's not the end of the year of 2023, but it was, and it just time got away from me and the podcast kind of got shoved to the side for a little bit, but we're here. We're back. We recorded episode three tonight with my buddy, Scott, Scott shot a big deer. You'll hear all about it in this next episode. Uh, but first off, I want to say thank you to everybody who supported me in the past year. 2023 was probably one of the best years that I've had social media wise. I launched Whitetail Hustler. I've launched this podcast. A lot of great things happened in 2023. Um, whether I shot all my deer and filled all my tags or not, I had a great 2023. I want to thank every single one of you guys for that. I want to say a huge um, thank you and shout out to Sam and Linda Gaylord down at Old Barn Taxidermy. Uh, great crew down there. Um, if you're looking for any taxidermy needs, Fort Madison, Iowa, Old Barn Taxidermy, that is the spot to go. I'm going to actually probably be, be seeing Sam and Linda, well, tomorrow, the 27th of January. They're putting on a South African hunt clinic, which if you're listening to this, uh, it's over. Old Barn and Working Class Bowhunter podcast are putting on a South African hunt clinic, and I'm going to go down there and learn about hunting South Africa. Maybe in uh, you know four or five years for my 10th wedding anniversary with my wife, I may be thinking about going to South Africa for our 10 year. So I'm going to go learn about hunting South Africa tomorrow. So I'll be seeing Sam and Linda hopefully tomorrow, as well as the Working Class Bowhunter guys. But sh huge shout out to Old Barn Taxidermy. Um, great folks down there. Um, and, uh, I want to say a huge shout out to the horn hunter guys, hornhunterpacks.com. Uh, this last year they reached out to me via TikTok, and they're like, Hey, we've been seeing you're wearing our bino harness. We want to send you some more stuff. And they sent me a pack and I was rocking that pack as soon as it hit my door. It's uh, I was using the full curl light G3. I think it is. I'm sorry. I don't have notes in front of me right now. But if you guys are looking for any sort of like whitetail hunting pack or just a you know nice backpack to carry some stuff to the tree stand, check out hornhunterpacks.com. Um, if you're looking for a nice bino harness, um, look at their bino harnesses too. I've been rocking one of theirs since like 2019 or something like that. But crazy stuff. I'm not going to drag this intro in too long. Um, I hope you guys enjoy this podcast with Scott. Uh, we're in my little renovation project here uh, in my garage. I'm turning it into my Whitetail Hustler HQ. Um, it's where all my merch is going to be housed out of, where I'm going to report record podcasts, where I'm going to record videos, that types of things. So I've got 150 square feet here that I'm going to be renovating. And, well, it's still January in Iowa, and it's 35 degrees outside. So me and Scott, we're pretty cold in here. That's I dropped the ball on that one. I should have had a heater rolling, but I didn't. So just bear with us on this one um here soon um i'll have this project underway more than it is um, i'm just down to bare bones right now so it's just very early stages um just like the whole whitetail hustler brand is we're still in the very early stages and i'm excited to see what the future has to bring for whitetail hustler brand and that all evolves around you guys you guys are the ones that make this possible. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're enjoying the first, you know, two episodes, 
they're just going to get better from here on out. We're going to iron out some issues, get some better guests on. I've got some people on the list for this next coming year of 2024 that I really want to get on and uh, we'll see what happens. I'm going to try to be more consistent at least one a week. I know I've been dropping the ball here this year. Um, soon I'll have a podcast. I'm going to try to get somebody on and we'll talk just about like, you know, what happened this last year season. We did a little bit with Scott, but it was more focused, you know, it's Scott's episode where we talked about Scott's deer from this last year. Um, so yeah, I'm not going to drag this intro on any longer. I hope you guys enjoy the podcast with Scott. Welcome back to the whitetail hustler podcast episode three. Um, I know that I've been kind of slacking a little bit on getting podcasts out, but you know, end of the year stuff, end of deer season, I was cranking it out, trying to fail a tag and, uh, tax season and family in town for the holidays, but we're here episode three and I've got my buddy Scott on, um, Scott, let's talk a little bit first before we get too deep into things. How do we know each other? Well, my daughter would send me TikToks on my phone. And this is probably, I don't know, several years ago. And I was pretty anti-TikTok at the time, thought it was nonsense. And she'd send me one she thought was funny, so I'd watch them and then I'd scroll and I'd come across your videos. <clears throat> and so I'd watch those and and then here in the last 18 months, two years, I uh, installed the app on my phone and and I came across you again like middle of last spring. And I'm seeing all your videos and got me all fired up again. And so <clears throat> that's how, and I actually bumped into you up at the Casey's. I don't know how long ago that was. So but. that would have been, um, I think it was fall of 22. Yeah. Fall, winter time frame. I was checking out at Casey's and the guy <laughs> behind me goes, you got a guy from TikTok? <laughs> like, yep, that's me. And I didn't know how to take it at the time. I figured, oh, here's a guy that doesn't like to see my videos. And it was just like a very quick and, you know, we didn't we didn't stick around and talk or anything. But it was just like, you that guy from TikTok? I was like, yep, that's me. Yeah, you and asked then, me if I followed you. And I said, I don't know. Yeah. So I, I didn't know how to, how to really go about that. Um, and then I guess it was... I hadn't really heard, or we hadn't really started talking until uh, August. Was it probably August? You met, reached out and messaged me on maybe, maybe beginning of August, end of July. Okay, and you started off. I guess I could pull up the messages. I can't remember. Was that off TikTok or was that off Instagram? Oh, it would have been TikTok. Would have been TikTok. Oh. Sorry for dead silence here. I'm going to try to find these messages. I think I, I think I sent you a picture of that. So, so yeah, if you would have sent me a picture, it would have been off of Instagram. Um, but yeah, he sent me Scott sent me a picture of. Well, he was telling me he's like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I live close to to where you're at. Um, I mean, I got this giant buck, and he, we kind of talked about it a little bit. And I underestimated um, how big of a buck Scott was talking about. And I don't even think Scott really knew what uh, <laughs> what he had on trail camera. 
And he sends me these pictures, and he's like, oh, it's a small property, and um, I've hunted it for a while, and I know, you know, I, I know that it, I know how to hunt this property, but I know it's going to be tough to get on this deer. Yeah. And I was, he, I don't know if you were kind of looking for advice or if you just were like, you know, throwing it out there, but I, I didn't really know, you know, what to do without pictures of what the property looked like and knowing how it hunted. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I just told you, you know, keep <laughs> after it, hunt when you can, hunt the cold front it's in October, because you had said that if you were going to get an opportunity at this deer, it was going to be before crops came out sometime in October. Yeah. Well, if people remember last year, it was not the wettest of seasons, no. and crops started coming out super early. And I was worried about that, too, because the property that borders where I get to hunt, where I have permission, uh, <clears throat> as soon as they take the crops out, the deer shift their locations. And this would be the sixth year I hunted this property. In the previous five years, as soon as the corn's out, deer are gone there'll be an occasional one come through there but they they shift their their whole living area oh and i've driven <clears throat> past the property here recently and looked at it and you know right now there's no foliage and there's no cover and you can see why because yeah. once all that security of the corn comes out yep. i mean there's habitat there but i can only i mean the habitat that's there it's a hundred times better when they're standing corn around it. Oh well, yeah, I still got a camera in there, cell, uh, a cell cam, and I haven't had one picture of a deer yeah. on that camera for shot since shotgun season. Yeah, that's the last time. Yeah, I got coyotes, but it's it's wide. I mean, if you if you're gonna get something in there, it's gonna be throughout the night, and I don't even think that just because how deep the snow is right yep. now. Yep, and, and, and there's there's no cover. There's no there's no, really not really food around in the area either. No thermal cover anyhow. Correct. They they all shift and and go to the the big timber when it gets real real cold, which is you know the big timber is two miles from where that stand location is, and but that's nothing for a deer. They they'll shift they shift every year up there. Oh yeah, they can do two like especially in that area. I mean, it, two miles sounds like a lot for but. For that spot and for deer, it would be, you know, nothing. It'd be, yep. you know, if to run there, it'd take a deer a minute to run two miles, it seems like. In that yeah, area. it wouldn't be very long, and they'd be in, in the big timber. So you were worried about uh, the crops coming out too early before you really got an opportunity. That and, that and uh, the same property, the landowner lets another guy hunt the south end of it. So... You so know, you, once I got this deer on camera, I'm worried about. Well, and we're not in a, a rural area either. So there's people that drive by and there's opportunities yeah. for people to see this deer. Yeah. Not only to mention that you got another dude on the property, which we're not talking about a big property here. No. And he was tight lipped about it too, because I, I asked the landowner, I said, well, has he seen this deer? And he goes, he hasn't said nothing to me, but. After the fact, he had all kinds of pictures of him. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, yeah. it's only what, 10, 10 Th acres? 30 acres total. Oh, it's 30 acres total. Yeah. Okay. So it's a little bigger than I thought. But yeah, I mean, and it, it's not it's not wide. It's it's more of a longer. Rectangular, yeah. Yeah. It's a rectang long, rectangular. It's almost uh, like a, a waterway, creek, creek yep. bottom. Yep. Um, marshy is, you know, low, low lying area where the farmers can't farm. So, you know, the habitat's there for the deer. 
so we're getting into September. You keep sending me. Um, you know, I, I was super busy in September um, with Whitetail Hustler. Merch was coming out. Mm-hmm. I was working super hard to get merch out. I had pre-orders run, and I also had a trip planned to Colorado. So I didn't. September seemed like it. It was a blink of an eye for me this year. But you had kept keeping me updated, um, and you knew that the deer was still there come end of September. Yeah. And, well, Iowa opens October 1st. So let's talk about the beginning of season. And, you know, with being it, with it being the property that it is, um, I know you had told me you're not going to go in there if it's not absolutely perfect. Right. Uh, a deer of that caliber, and I've hunted deer of that caliber in the past, and it just never came together on those other deer. And... I knew this deer was not going to tolerate any monkeying around. The property was too small. <clears throat> he was just going to, if I went in there too much, he was just going to relocate. So I just kept getting trail cam picks. They started out about once every 10 days he'd show up. And then, oh, would have been when he was uh, shedding his velvet. He disappeared for like two weeks up on a little bit on your mic and uh a deer got hit on the highway and it was a big mess and i i was like oh boy and there was no carcass mm-hmm. and i was like well i hope that wasn't him yeah a deer goes a deer gets hit and you can see the evidence but there's no there's no carcass and, yeah so you're like oh well, what's going on here a lot of people i mean unless it's a unless it's a really really big buck People yeah. aren't taking the whole carcass. Right. That's they're, why I was like, oh, boy. They're chopping the head off, and they're, they're getting out of there as quick as they can. So uh, about three days after that, he showed up on camera again. And the, the thing was, I had nailed down to where he was crossing a creek, and it just happened by pure luck or my skill of picking a stand site uh, where this creek crossing was was 20 yards in front of my stand mm-hmm. so <clears throat> i moved the cell cam over there and uh i was getting him every day there was a scrape there too wasn't there scrape yeah and a, and a big uh tree was rubbed so we're talking a small acreage standing corn all around so i mean with standing corn we're talking you know 150 200 acres of habitat yeah. for this deer but the the transition areas um, across that creek into some marshy. I, I, I haven't been there, but I can. You said it's marshy. Is there cattails in the area, or is it just marsh uh, grass? It's, it's like a, they do the the government program when they got the buffer zone alongside the creek okay. on each side, yep. and that's what it is. Okay, but there's a lot of beaver activity, yep. so there's so a lot of flooded stuff. In October, you know, the grass is up higher. It's not flat yeah. like it's going to be now. So you got he's he's bet he could be betting in the corn he could be betting in yeah. you know in the thicker stuff in the marshy area, and you know, I think it, I think it was a little bit of both. You had had a tree stand there previously, correct? Yep. And you it, just you know I hung one stand on that property, and that's the one I, I hunted think, every year. I think it was a lot of luck. Yeah. I think it was. I mean, limitations and luck, but it, I mean. You have to be super, super lucky. Scott, you won the lottery with yeah. being able to have Absolutely. that deer. Um, I agree. 
And we haven't said how big the deer is, and we won't. We'll just we'll let suspense roll around. If people know, they know. But if not, we'll let's let the suspense roll around for a little bit. Well, he's not a mega giant, but he's he's a he, mega giant. He's <laughs> he's a mega giant. He's bigger than I thought he was. We'll get into that later. But so yeah, you got small acreage of well. And, and another thing, the uh, the reason I placed that stand where I did, and I I could have placed it in you know a hundred different spots. There's trails. There's crick crossings and everything else but the reason i put it where i did was because it was a natural funnel slash pinch point mm-hmm. it, all the terrain fence line the crick <clears throat> all it all comes it all comes to a, a, a intersection right mm-hmm. there so that's why i hung it there and like i said in september i was getting him on camera every day in the daylight mm-hmm. i mean two in the afternoon he's in the crypt, messing yeah. around. And when you had sent me those pictures and told me that, I was like, oh, man, he's close. Yeah. He's right there. Yeah. And uh, I, I got a picture. I, I went in there and uh, trimmed out some limbs. I knew they had to be trimmed out, and I wanted to do it before season. And an hour after I was in there trimming limbs, he was sniffing my camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, he watched you do it. Probably. 100%. <laughs> And that, he, was, that was end of September, probably? Uh, probably second, third week, maybe. Okay. And, uh, you know, season rolls around, and uh, I absolutely was not going to go in there unless the wind was absolutely perfect. And I hunted a couple times, not really uh, expecting to see him, but, you know, you can't you can't shoot one if you're not in the tree. Yeah, and that's that's one of my biggest deals. You know, everybody wants to talk about you know, <clears throat> you know how to kill a big buck. Well, to kill any deer, you got to be in the tree. Absolutely. Period. You can't be talking about it. You can't be wishing about it. You got to be doing it. So, when the wind was right, I went in, and. The third time it was right after the season opened was on the 12th, but it was 30 mile an hour. Yeah, I remember that. It was super, super windy. I mean, it seemed like it was 20 mile an hour sustained with like 30, 40 mile an hour gusts. Yeah, it was gusting, and I didn't have nothing else to do, so I was like, well, I'm going to go sit in the tree because uh, at one point in the past, I was going to go sit in the tree, and it was windy like that. And I decided not to because ah, it's windy. Deer ain't going to be moving. So I'm driving down the road past a, this is a different property I used to hunt. And <clears throat> there's my target deer, daylight, moseying along the, the creek line where I had a stand. And I didn't hunt because it was too windy because deer don't move during the wind, right? Yep. Yeah, well. So the twelfth, it was windy. <clears throat> I went and got in stand about three o'clock. Sat there. It was kind of misty and raining, and not raining hard, but about five minutes to six, started raining a little bit harder. So I pulled my phone out and checked the radar to see how wet I was going to get, and was just zipping up my pocket. 
breast pocket, put my phone away, and I look up, and he was at 20 yards walking right at me on the other side of the creek. I can only imagine. And I was like, wow. And there was no cat and mouse with this buck, you know. There was no seeing him from 100 yards. I mean, just the first time I saw him on the hoof, he's 20 yards in closing. Yeah. And got my blood pressure up a little bit, which it's already high anyhow, but it made it worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh told myself, better calm down or you're going to blow it. So <clears throat> luckily for me, throughout my hunting career, uh, you know, just like everybody else, you get the adrenaline flowing and you start to shake in and all that. Well, me... The longer a deer was in sight, the, the calmer I'd get. Yeah. And luckily for me, he come up to the creek. He was already on the other side of the creek. So he, he had to have been bedded within, I mean, got to be. I, I didn't see him till he's at 20 yards. So. Yeah. Maybe he's, I mean, he could have stood up at 40 yards away. Right, you know? right. And, uh, <clears throat> He came up to the creek and, and took a left along the edge and stopped and started raking this tree for 10 minutes. He'd rake it, and then he'd look around like anybody, you know, is anybody watching? And the whole time, there's nothing between me and him except space. And he, uh, he did that for a good 10 minutes. Then he walked up under this tree that was on the other side of the creek, and he stood there, and I was like, all right, what are you going to do? If he keeps walking forward, he's going to walk right into a wide open shooting lane. If he turns and goes straight away, I'm done. So I didn't know what he was going to do. Well, he turned, walked down the creek bank, and started drinking water. So that there, too, tells me he just got up. And he drank for a long time. I couldn't believe how much water he drank. So while he's drinking water, there's a tree, and at this time he's probably twelve yards. And crazy. I can see from his shoulders back to his tail and a little bit on his left side, but mostly his spine, you know, and I'm thinking, well, should I spine him? And I was like, I, I didn't feel comfortable with that. But I knew I had to take the very first opportunity to actually kill this deer. Because you can't, you know, my experience, you get you get one, maybe two chances at a deer. Well, they're not going to keep giving you and I mean, freebies, you know. At this point, you'd watch this deer for 15 minutes. Yeah. And 99% of people probably would have already probably shot this deer or tried to, to, to yeah. shoot this deer. Yeah. And you're sitting here, call him as a cucumber, yeah, I, watching I, this buck sitting at 12 yards away. I had, I, my, uh, you know, I was, I was in the mode. Anyhow, he, uh, he drank and drank and drank. And I was like, I, I just absolutely couldn't believe he consumed that much water. Well, he finally finished and he picked his head up. And I can see his whole face, and the water's dripping off his chin. And he he's in this opening on this between these limbs on the tree that's on my side of the creek. 
And I'm thinking, you know, he could come right on across and then he'd be right in front of me on my side. Or he could walk down the creek. The creek's not very deep, you know, it was dry last year. So he pivots on his hind legs to his left. And when he did that, he opened up his right side. And I could see from his spine to his brisket, you know. I was like, now, you know, I, I settled it and shot him and... He mule kicked, ran down the creek behind me and up on the bank. And I was trying to get situated, turn around and look. And I don't know if he saw me moving or if he smelled me. But he, he got up to the top of the creek bank and stood there for like three seconds and then bolted. And I watched him run through this shoulder high grass until he disappeared. So I texted my daughter because she she's, you know, big. She she killed her first deer with her bow when she was 12. And when I first showed her the picture of him, she goes, that looks like a Kevin. <laughs> so she, she had named him Kevin. So I texted her. She's going to school at South Dakota State. And I just sent her a text. And I said, just shot Kevin. And uh, she sent back, keep me posted. So I climbed down. I went right to where he was when I, I shot him. And uh, the the creek bank was real soft dirt. Arrow punched in, couldn't find it. And I found one one speck of blood about the size of a pencil pencil lead. So I went down the creek, went up on the bank where he went up and stood, and found a, I don't know, size of a Copenhagen can lid blood there. But it wasn't lung blood. It wasn't what I wanted to see. And I wasn't exactly sure where I hit him. And so there was a, a down tree right there that he had jumped over before he went in the grass. And I walked up, and when he jumped over that log, when his front feet hit, he'd splash some blood. And it was pretty good blood, but he wasn't pumping it out yet, you know. But from where I shot him to where that was, that was 10 seconds. Yeah. So I just backed out because the direction he was headed was towards the highway. All the corn was out except for right there by me. But across the road, there was 300 acres of it. And I didn't want to bump him, have him go across the road getting that corn. Yeah. So I backed out. Went home, got my uh, got a rope because I was gonna have to haul him up the the creek bank if I you know recovered him. So I had to go home and get a rope and and uh, my sled because in there was like a dry swamp and there wasn't any way to use the cart in there. Yeah. So I was gonna have to use my big ice fishing sled. So. I go home and get that stuff. I come back. I pick up the blood trail. It goes about 40 yards across this dry swamp and hits another trail, tees into a trail. And just it's not a perfect tee. It was kind of veering to the right, so I just went right, and there was some blood. And then I went about 10 yards, and there was blood on both. I mean, a lot of blood on both sides of the trail, and he had shit himself out right there. 
And then there was a lot of blood, like three feet up in front, right in the trail. So I'm like, what what went on here? I'm looking, and it's dark by now. Yeah. And I'm looking around, and I go on up the trail, and there's no more blood. I come back, stand where he was standing, and I just started a 360 with my, I had a headlamp on, and did 270 degrees of this 360, and there he was like four feet from me in the grass. Oh, yeah. But he was facing the other way, so I, I saw his ass. And, and where he was, the last place I saw him, from the shot to where he was laying was 60 yards mm-hmm. and would have been 30 seconds down and dead. Yeah. Double-lunged him. And, you know, I'm by myself, so... I got a little excited and yeah. grabbed a hold of him and turned his head around and looked at the horns and tried counting points and and tried taking some pictures. They didn't turn out very well. but uh, Well, I had told you. So first off, what a story. I mean, it. these are the types of stories that, I mean, I can only imagine. You have every detail of it in your mind, and there's there's nothing out there. There's... It's it's these stories where there's people that, you know, don't carry around a camera that the craziest, like the most impressive things happen. Like you watch this deer for 10 minutes, rake a tree, and then you watch him for five minutes, sit there and drink water. Yeah. Like not a lot of people get to, the opportunity to watch a deer of this caliber do that. And it, it, I can, I mean, if there was a way to recreate that and put that into a film, I mean, it would be, I'm thinking like natural national geographic stuff like watching it pick his head up and just watching the water drip out of his mouth is crazy it was it was surreal because when i first looked up and saw him the first thing that caught my eye was not his horns it was his eyes Mm -hmm. they just jumped right out at me Mm -hmm. and i'm looking and then his horns kind of came into focus but the first thing i noticed was his eyes coming that's what i noticed moving and it, you know, it wasn't his horns, which, yeah. you know, you would think that would be the first thing you noticed, but it was his eyes. Yeah. So you said you tried taking pictures; it didn't turn out too well. Which, right? Um, I had told you, I was like, Scott, if you shoot this deer, I'll come out and I'll take, I'll bring my nice camera and I'll take some pictures for you. I, I did come out and take pictures for you. I didn't bring my nice camera, but you know, iPhones nowadays take great photos. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you had a. Uh, you had told me you had well you hadn't said anything till after you had recovered him and you sent me some you know those pictures that you had took and you're like oh they're not as great as i would like and i was like dude i'm gonna come out and take pictures i told you i'd do this so yeah but the recovery pictures are you know in the field yeah is, are always better but yeah those pictures probably mean more to you than the ones that i took you know there was yeah, that just, moment yeah and but when you're by yourself in the in the woods you know and and another thing about recovering him i was worried because it was supposed to rain hard that night mm-hmm. and i was like man this you know this is a buck of a lifetime i just was glad that he was uh where he was mm-hmm. but yeah he uh you know and i'll tell you too i think the only reason that uh i got to shoot that deer that day was the wind mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if you'd have got into that place without the wind well 
getting in there, I can walk on a mowed path, so I'm not busting brush and yeah. And I I've slipped in there, you know, over the years and look over and there's deer does bedded down across a creek thirty mm-hmm. yards. So I know I could get in there, but the the whole thing was <clears throat> when I first saw him, you know, I'm sitting sitting down, you know, I hang on stand and uh I had to I had to get positioned for a shot. So I had to move. I had to stand up. And everything in his field of view was moving. Mm-hmm. Everything. If it hadn't been, you know, he, he's twenty yards from me. Yeah. I don't I don't believe I would have been able to position myself for a shot without him picking me off. Yeah, I and you know, you said, you know, the first time you saw this deer standing there was 20 yards away. So if yeah. this deer was bedded 40 yards away, yeah. you know, maybe you can get away with it with those. But who knows if the wind wasn't blowing and it was calm, you know, that you may have never even known the deer was there and he busts you, right? Yep. Or he never gets out of his bed and he waits till dark and gets up. See, and uh, a couple times I went in to, to move a camera this summer, there was a bed right there. You know, at the base of the tree, I had to stand in big bed, but I never, I never blew any deer out when I went in to do it. But it just, and, and several years ago, <clears throat> I went in to hunt, and there was a pretty nice deer buck bedded right there. Uh, he wasn't what I call a shooter. I mean, he probably one forty, mm-hmm. but you know, like this deer. I had I had a couple other bucks on camera before this one showed up that were nice deer. And he shows up <clears throat> and I never see them deer again. So I don't know if he ran them out. I don't know where he came from. I don't know. That's but crazy. they they weren't around after yeah. he showed up. Yeah, I mean I think that deer that was his little oasis, right? I think it was a combination of he had the corn security cover, right? But at the same time, I don't. I guess I don't know. But it, there's probably not a ton of pressure on the property itself. No. So he's got this little hidey hole where no one messes with him. And those small properties like that, I wish I, I, I need to start digging into Onyx and trying to find more properties like that because I've hunted one in years prior and had great hunts you know it's it's hit or miss sometimes you go sit on those properties for 10 hunts in a row and you don't see a single deer but then when you do it's the right one right i hunted a property like that over by alburnett uh years ago and you wouldn't think there was any deer on this property but there was and there was a a buck big mainframe tent that uh, excuse me mainframe 10 typical and he was a monster and i was hunting him and long story short it just never came together and a kid ended up uh 12 year old kid shot him first shotgun and he was 214 inches Jeez. but this buck was living on this little dinky creek line mm-hmm. you'd never dream he was there it's crazy unless you saw him you yeah. know it's crazy so you, you shoot this buck, and you recover him. You get him out. Or did you get him out that night? Yeah. Yeah, you got him out that night. And 
I had told you, I was like, hey, I'm going to come take pictures for you. So you had them hung up at a, a buddy's house. So yep. I, I brought the kids out and we got we got to look at the deer and we, you know, we sat and talked for a couple hours, I think. Yeah. And took some pictures. And when I first got there, you know, I was looking at this deer hanging and I, I, I had seen pictures of this deer and I was, you know, I, I didn't know what was there and we were throwing around numbers and, you yeah. know, before we ever put a tape to him, I think I said like one eighties or something like that. That, that was my guess. I, I, I guessed mid one eighties. So we get, we, you know, we, we sit there and we're like, ah, oh, you know, great deer, right? There's, and we were talking like, what do we think the age of this buck is? He yeah. didn't look super old. Yeah. He looked, you know, I was thinking four years old yeah. at most. <clears throat> and, you know, just based off body. Um, so we had, we got him down and we, we drug him outside and we took some nice pictures and stuff. If you guys want to see pictures, you can go over to whitetailhuster.com. There's, they're posted up there. You'll see them. Um, it's the biggest deer that's posted on the on the website. Uh, took some pictures, and you know, I told Scott, I was like, "Hey, you want me to, uh, you know, rough measure him out for you?" And he's like, "Sure, let's do it." So we did it. Um, I think I had a, uh, I, I I was taping him, and I think I was, uh, were you, was I t- reading the measurements? Yeah, I was reading measurements out loud, and you were typing them into my phone. Yep. So we got done, and we were adding them up. And I've got the, uh, I think I still got the note sheet here. Um, and, you know, you get your rough measurements, and uh, we you don't know exactly uh, what you got going on. So right now I'm looking at the score sheet, or the, just the rough measurements, first time I measured him. We're looking at 25-inch uh, beams. So... If anybody's scored deer, you know a deer has got 25-inch beams. You're talking he's got the frame of a deer to do it. We're looking at uh, – where is it at here? 18 and 4 eighths wide. So, he's you know, he's he's a little bit wider, but he's not, like, super, super wide. I've, I've shot wider. Do you remember exactly how many points he has? 21. 21 points. So, we you know, we, we add those up. We're looking at mass measurements here. Uh – his bases are five and two eighths. He goes to five and five eight or four and four eighths to five and an eighth. So he actually gains more. And then a flat five on his right side. Left side starts off at six, goes to four and six eighths, goes back to five and an eighth. And then his last measurement is five and two eighths. So he carries mass like crazy throughout his antlers. So we're sitting there adding it up. And I'm like, as I'm adding it up, and I'm like, oh, oh, oh. Oh, and I hadn't said anything yet. I was saying this to myself in my head. And I was like, I, I asked one last time. I was like, you guys want to take a guess? And I think uh, your buddy, I think he was saying, he was saying 90s probably. Yeah, he was saying high, high 90s. And I was thinking, I was like, you know, I, I was thinking 80s at first, but now I've, I've, you know, I've put the tape to him and I've measured him. And I'm like, I think he's a little bit bigger. So I hit enter on the key, on the calculator one last time and he comes out to... 201 and 6 eighths. Yeah. 201 and 6 eighths. Which surprised me. I, I didn't think it would go 201, but it's 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 crazy. Uh <clears throat> I now that now that I know, um and he had he had some broke off. And he he'd broken a couple inches off. Yeah. Three or four inches. Yeah. Um just wild. I mean, I knew the deer was big. I didn't know exactly how big. Obviously, I thought he was 180 inches, but I did that with a buddy of mine's from 
last season 2022 i filmed him shoot this giant buck we mm -hmm. didn't know exactly he had big double drop times we didn't know exactly how big he was his body was ginormous we, he shoots him we get down we go up to the deer i'm like oh this is a big deer i just i don't know how big it is i was saying 170s and we had got back to his garage and added it up and it was it come out to like 186 or something like that is what we measured and then he took him to the iowa deer classic and it ended up being 190 and an eighth on the dot nice so i'm consistently it seems like i'm i'm low especially on these big deer especially deer that got weird non-typicals and 21 points on them so yeah 21 scoreable <laughs> who knows i think i still think you should take him down to the deer classic to get uh measured up i there, there's the only thing i would be you know, scare me is like, uh, I told Scott he had a 200 inch deer and he turns out to be like 195 or something like that. But, um, I don't think so. I think we're gonna, well, I've talked with, there. I've talked with my wife, whether I'm going to take him down or not. And I said, well, I said, if I take him, it's going to be on Sunday morning. Yeah. You know, be there at nine when they start mm -hmm. accepting them and, and I said, and you know, I guess I'll decide whether. I'm going to go or not that morning. So, yeah. And you don't have, so they, the big buck contest at the deer classic, you can choose whether or not to display them or you can just get them you right. know, officially get scored. Him um, you know, he's, he's a, it's a 200 inch deer and he's not going to win biggest buck by any means. I mean, if anybody's no. been to the deer classic, I mean, some of the deer are absolutely crazy that come out of the oh, state. Yeah. Of Iowa. Um, but a 200 inch deer, nonetheless, which is absolutely crazy coming off of 30 acres in what I would say basically the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, there's, there's cover around, but it's not like, it's not like what you would imagine. Like it, it's, it's great. It's, it's open farmland. It's yeah, flat. You wouldn't drive down the road if you were new to the area and say, there's big deer in this area. And I had driven past that property several times, yeah. not even thinking. And I never even thought like, Oh, I need to go try to get permission on that property to hunt. I had no idea. Yeah. And here you can find out there's a 201 inch deer living on it. Well, I ended up hunting that because I lost a couple spots. Yeah. And I knew the, the landowner. So I said, Hey, let a guy bow hunt back there. He's like, Sure. So <clears throat> I hunted it. I shot like a 145 there the first year and seen some nice ones. Nothing giant like this guy, you know. Yeah had some pictures of some some really big ones but you know look that goes back again i had a picture on the first of october at like four in the afternoon of a really big 10 one picture mm -hmm. all i ever got of him never saw him again never had him on camera again four o'clock on the first of october there's this deer walking along the, coming down the trail <clears throat> you know it's a mystery yeah it's crazy i i have this um like thought in my head that i need to drive like to the properties i need to drive an hour to the properties that i grew up hunting like yeah there's deer in this area but i i just i have this little voice in my head or this thought like oh there's no big deer in this area and i think i need to spend a little bit more time closer to home and I know it's tougher, especially in this area, if you don't know people personally yeah. to get permission. But there, there is big deer here, and I know I've seen them. Yeah. Um, obviously, you shot one. Um, so that's kind of like my plan for this next season is to kind of dive in to just try to find. I mean, even if they're ten acre properties, I've hunted ten acre properties, and I do in the city that can be 
awesome. It, well, the only problem is getting into them. And well, a property doesn't have to hold deer all year long. Uh, you know, during the rut, a pinch point, a funnel is is hard to beat. Yeah, you know, and during the rut. You might get the the local bucks, but you might also get that that one giant that's out roaming looking yep, for does. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and I I have a hard time you know hunting properties that I don't have resident deer that live on. I like to be able to know the deer sure. and pattern deer, and that's just kind of my style. Like yeah, the buck I I, with the buck that I shot this year on public. Like I went in there, it took me a total of twelve days. I got pictures of this deer. I went in there, scouted, found a bunch of scrapes hung cameras on scrapes, got pictures of this buck the next morning, um, and then 12 days later ended up shooting him. So I like to be able to, like, you know, narrow in on one sure. single deer. But that's not to say that I don't enjoy going out there and, you know, shooting a random giant, right? right? I, I just – it feels a little bit more – it feels better to me when I can, you know, know a deer and, like, okay, this is a deer that I'm, I'm going to target and go after and, well – it's just I don't know I I think I'm gonna a lot of things are gonna change for me this year I've I think I'm gonna hunt a little bit harder with traditional gear um, I think get out of the ways that I've set myself into the the comfortable norms mm-hmm. you know going out hunting the same areas or doing the same things I'm gonna change things up and just try to experience new things because I think that's that's what hunting's a part of hunting is is going out there and having new experiences and trying different things because you never know what's well, gonna work. I always, I always said, uh, if you're not learning something about the spot you're hunting and what the wind does on a certain day and what the deer do when the wind's out of a certain direction for that spot, or if, if you're not learning something new every time you go sit the stand, you're not paying attention. Yeah. And there's opportunities to learn every single time you go yeah. to the tree stand, even if you go to a stand that you've hunted hundreds of times absolutely um wind acts different when leaves fall off um deer act different when leaves fall off yeah there's so much to learn and there's not a single person in this world that knows every single thing about it so we could you could listen to every single podcast that's on spotify or apple music or apple Podcasts, and you know listen to these experiences and these stories and these tactics and everything and how other people hunt and you can still go out and learn something new that you've never heard before. Yep. But I think the biggest takeaway from your story, Scott, is don't underestimate uh, wind. Yeah. I think, you know, we get in, you hear these things like, oh, deer aren't going to wind when it's super windy. Or deer aren't going to move when it's super windy. Or deer aren't going to move in the rain. Well, you had a day where it was raining and it was super windy. Right. And you ended up killing a 200-inch yeah. deer. They might, not, they might not be moving super far. Right. Like your story says, if you know where this deer is at and you are you can get it in his wheelhouse, you have the best opportunity to kill him. But, you know, you got to try. Sure. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of dudes probably wouldn't have hunted that day. Well, I'm sure not. And I, I questioned myself. There were several times I had to grab hold of the tree. Oh yeah. And I'm in a big soft, a big soft maple. I'm yeah. about twenty feet up, and it's just blowing around like crazy. Yeah, yeah. I grabbed hold. And a lot of dudes probably, if they did go out, they'd probably climb up in that tree stand and be like, "I'm getting out of here. This is this is dumb." You yeah. Know? Well, I'm not the smartest <laughs> guy in the. Planet. No, neither. I've hunted some <laughs> sketch. I I think last year, I think it was in September. I was hunting, and there was tornado sirens going off. Yeah. So. 
but you know, it's it's crazy. I think I think people will have some lessons that they can just take from this. I mean, whether it be just like you said, you can't kill them if the num- you're not yep. there. The number one thing you got to be in the stand. Period. And, I don't and, care what it's doing out. You might catch him, the one you're looking for. <clears throat> he might get bumped by a coyote. Yeah, and be on his feet. And if you're not in the stand, that's a missed opportunity. Yeah. You got to be in the tree. Yeah. My wife just got home. I'm going to make sure she doesn't let the dogs out so they don't get a bunch of feedback. This deer was... Uh, <clears throat> years past, you see a buck, right? Mm-hmm. Well, then your whole focus is that buck. And you let other nice bucks that you could kill easily give them a pass because you want that specific buck. That hits close to home, Scott. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Everybody does it. Yeah. Uh, I've ate tag soup so many times because of, you know, setting my goal to kill this certain buck. And... It just, you know, never materialized. The stars didn't line up right, and it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. That's, for me, that was okay. I didn't, you know, I wasn't pissed at myself or bummed out about it. I, you know, when I set that goal for myself, I know the pros and cons. So when I don't tag out on, you know, the buck that I'm hunting, <clears throat> he just, you know, He's going to be bigger next year. Yeah. But this buck this year was the first one. I've been bow hunting since I got out of the Army, 98. Uh, the first one that I <clears throat> set my sights on specifically and actually harvested. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> a lot of years, I would just go sit. I'd, I'd have my stands. But I go sit in what I see, what I see. I don't know what's there. So if, you know, a, a one that I considered a shooter would come along and wanted to shoot him, I'd shoot him. Most of the time it was a, a surprise deer, you know, yeah. that I'd never seen before. But then other years, I'd see, I saw a giant eight-pointer, heavy, long tines. I hunted him two years and had him at 30 yards twice but he'd stop and there's a tree across his vitals you know just agonizing yeah and i'm sure i i don't know not that i i've never heard that anyone killed him so he he could die to old age yeah because that property was i mean there's deer there never seen a human mm-hmm and he he was just an, an absolute monster. Just I I lost sleep over hunting that deer. Yeah, yeah. I've had I've been there. This last year, I mean, like like you were saying, um, I I I get into this. You know, like I was saying, I get into this. Like I want to target a specific deer, and I think it's burned me. It burned me this last year. I think I was waiting on a big deer to show up. Um, deer called trips. Hunted him in 21, hunted him in 22, had opportunities at him. 
I'd found him again this last summer and was thinking he was going to do exactly what he did the years prior. And he just never showed up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, after October 2nd, it's the last day that I had seen him. I was watching this deer from the road, seeing him in person almost daily, if not a couple times a week. Um, October 2nd was the last time that I saw the deer alive on the hoof in person. Um, and he just kind of disappeared off the face of the earth. And I was just thinking, you know, okay, maybe he's transitioning. He's going to show up any day now. He's going to show up any day now. Another day would go by. Okay, he's going to show up any day now. And he never did. Never, never did see him. Never really did get a confirmation that he was still alive after October 2nd. You know, there was rumors, okay, oh, we may have seen him type of thing. Um, but we don't know. And I just – I put all my chips into that basket thinking, okay, I'm going to wait for this deer to show up because this is the deer that I want. And there was other deer running around that were totally fine. I had another eight-year-old running around that I would have been totally fine with shooting. Yep. And I had another six-year-old running around, and I had another really big deer running around that I told myself I wasn't going to shoot, but now looking back at it, I could have went out opening day and shot that deer opening morning. Yeah. Um, and I would have been ecstatic to shoot that deer. It probably would have been one of my biggest deer, but I didn't and I because I was focused too much on a specific deer, and that's fun. But at the same time, I have these other deer that I knew of that I would have been totally fine with. I was just I, – it was greed, I think. And it burned it burned me a little bit, and I think another thing that's like I was saying I was gonna I'm gonna change things up this year. I think I'm gonna well lesson learned, right? Yeah. And I had I had, you know the year previous 2021 <clears throat> I had uh you know I had my eyes set on some specific deer. I knew they were still alive. I just didn't know exactly where they were. I'd known them from years prior. One of them ended up, ended up I I actually missed a deer. Um, big giant eight point 170 inch eight point i i missed him at 30 yards i know of another guy that missed him uh and then he ended up getting shot during shotgun season um but i i was hunting that deer um i found the trips uh the same year i went in there and tried to hunt him i uh long story short i found this deer watched him bed down got permission on the property was going to go in there and try to get on this deer and shoot him out of his bed and I was within 40 yards of him, but legally I had to be five feet off the ground in order to discharge my bow at a deer. So, city, city deer then? Yep. Yeah. It was trips. Um, this was in 2021. Um, was going to do the right thing, right? I could have shot the deer from 40 yards on the ground, and it had been done deal. Um, but I was trying to do the right thing. I was sure. trying to do everything right, get myself five feet off the ground in order to make yep. a legal shot. And in order for me to feel right about doing it, I was going to put two sticks up and use my lineman's belt to keep me connected to the tree and lean around the tree and shoot this deer two sticks up. Well, I got my first stick up. I was going to go put my second stick up through my strap around the tree, you know, being trying to be as cautious as I can not to blow because there were six does with this buck bedded along this oxbow of this creek. Threw my second strap around the tree and there was a doe fawn like 10 yards away from me that I had not seen underneath a brush pile and she wigged out. <laughs> and next thing I know, it just, the whole crick line exploded. And this deer, he, he, he jumped up, turned his head, looked my way and immediately dived down in the crick. I saw the other does run away, but he got in the crick yep. and I never saw him again. Yep. I did see him again that year. I think one more time I saw him that year in person. Um, I shot a buck, ended up shooting a buck that night, but he, the deer, the, 
Trips was 300 yards away. He was chasing some does around yet. It was like December 6th or something like that. Super cold. Yeah. It was like negative. Last year? No, 2021. Okay. So about the same time, you know, 2022, we had a polar vortex around that time. But also 2021, we had another one where it was super cold, super windy. Um, Saw that deer at 300 yards, ended up shooting another deer that came in that, you know, I call them whoops to this day. I, I, I took the opportunity. I shot a deer that I probably shouldn't have. Um, I didn't know him. He just kind of showed up. It was one of those surprise bucks. I shot right. him. I'm happy with him. Uh, he's always a 145-inch nine-point. Um, he looked big coming in, but I didn't let him go to waste. Um, sure. I actually took the opportunity to – I got his hide tanned, and I actually mounted him myself. So it was, oh, yeah, it was I've cool seen learning. your videos. C- cool learning experience and stuff. And eventually we're sitting in – if if you hear us shivering a little bit, it's uh, thirty five <laughs> degrees outside, and we're in an uninsulated, unfinished um, renovation project that I'm working on right now to kind of um, separate family and business a little bit. I got young kids and stuff, and I'm just I need a little bit more space for business and while well, podcasts. So I'm in the middle of a, a very beginning stages of a renovation project for a new office. So we're in my garage and it's 35 degrees outside and I don't have, a, I have a heater, but it's just a little Mr. Buddy heater. And I didn't know how well it'd work to keep us warm, but we're, uh, we're doing our best, but eventually this little office space will be nice and cozy and we'll be able to record, um, nice and warm and comfortable, but we're kind of shivering today cause it's, you know, it's still 35 degrees outside here in Iowa. So, well, the, the fact that you could have shot him, <clears throat> By not getting five foot off the ground, and you didn't. Uh, I, I can't stress enough how how important I think ethics are, and you know we're our own. Uh, how do I want to say? We got to police ourselves. Yeah. And you know, I was talking about that uh, buck. Over by Alburnett, two hundred plus incher that the kid shot during shotgun. Well, <clears throat> buddy of mine, and this is this is mid November. He calls me. He's chisel plowing a field over there near that area where I'd been hunting him, <clears throat> and uh, he said, "Hey," he said, "Your big buck's over here, and he's got about eight does with him." He said, and "Every time I get to the west end of the field." I'm 20 yards from him, turning the tractor around. He said, grab your bow and come over here. I'll pick you up. And he said, we'll go to that end of the field, and I'll stop. You get out, I'll pull away, and you can shoot him. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I'll be right over. I had no intention of taking my bow. So I take my camera. And sure enough, he's he's in the – there's a few trees in the in the fence line. And he's there, and there's a bunch of does with him. And we pull up there, and he, he was like, well, you didn't bring your bow? And I said, no. I said, I'm not going to cheat him like that. I said, that would be cheating him. So <clears throat> I took pictures of him, got great pictures of him. Yeah. He was he was a magnificent deer. And I could have killed him. Yeah. Could have killed him easy. But... I wouldn't have ever been able to look at that deer on the wall and not known, not felt cheap yeah. for cheating him. Yeah. It just was. Oh, and it wouldn't feel the same. No, it wasn't something I was going to do. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> so many people get so crazed over the horns and 
like you know that that idiot in Ohio. Yeah, I mean, well, there we, the I'm, the <laughs> it's still up for uh, interpretation on the C.J. Alexander stuff. Um, we, you know, we don't know, we don't have official statements of what's really going on, but two and two is always four. Yeah. It's, I'm afraid, you know, that's it. Just if if it comes out that uh, you know CJ did do everything right, you know, the the saying goes, uh, "Big deer make people do stupid things." Yep. Um, whether that goes hand in hand with you know CJ if he did poach the deer, or if you know these people that were hunting this deer um, got all butthurt and crazy over, which you is know, possible. Yeah. Um, it either way is extremely possible i mean cj could have poached the buck you know he could have been lying about it god i hope not um but you know if i had a 240 inch deer shot out from underneath me and from 12 miles away i'd be questioning things too sure but you know it's i mean there's even this year there's there's just it seems like poaching is just on a rampant run i don't know whether it's social media you're getting more of a you know, you're hearing more of the headlines about it, or if you know there's actually an uptick in poaching. Um, but there's a big deer killed out of a cemetery, and I think New York, um, or was it? Oh, I saw that. Uh, yeah. And then I think I posted something on. I shared a post on Facebook the other day of two guys that were poaching deer out of a, a wildlife refuge in New York as well. Yep, I saw that too. Um, two different, totally separate cases, but it's like um, it, it's crazy. Um, it's the poaching thing. I think it's there's a special place in hell for people like that, um, especially. Well, it's just that's just being a criminal. Right. And if they weren't being a criminal by illegally taking game, they'd be being a criminal doing something else. Yeah. Well, and a lot of these a lot of these cases are, you know, people are doing it just for the rack. They're not. Yeah. They didn't. They didn't go out there and like, okay, well, I'm just going to trespass and go hunt this property that I'm not supposed to. Granted, it's still poaching and it's still bad, but it's these people are shooting deer with rifles or in wildlife refuges. There's like deer that you can walk up to and basically pet. They don't know that. Like one of the cases was two guys dressed up in normal clothing. Yeah, with a walking stick. Walk and, with arrows stuck in walking sticks. Yeah, hollowed out walking sticks. Tiny little bows and backpacks and yep. just walking up to these deer on walking trails and shooting them. Um, it's crazy. It's. It, I, I think it's more or less. I mean, we're getting. We're getting more information. These stories are getting out faster because of social media. Yeah. I don't actually think poaching is, you know, more prevalent. I think it's just you're hearing about it more. Right. Um, and with the advancements in technology, cell cameras, and just people, a lot of people are watching what's going on in the woods. I think there's less incentive for people to poach anymore. Well, it's... But there's still people that are going to do it. Oh, yeah. It's unfortunate, but... It's... it's what they do and that's their their chosen method of harvest so you know you those deer deer like i couldn't imagine um looking at a deer on a wall after doing something like you wouldn't have the story you wouldn't have the 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 feeling of accomplishment no that's that's part of part of killing a mature buck is you know beating him at his own game yeah outsmarting him Yep. In whatever fashion, you know, killing him fair and square. Yep. Even if you just get lucky, you know. Yeah. The big one just strolls by that you don't know. Yep. You know. You, you still, you know, it didn't. It didn't. You know, I have deer that um, I've shot, like my biggest bow deer. He's one seventy two. 
Um, never seen the deer before. He come walking by the morning of October 31st, and I shot him. I have a I have a 150 inch deer that means more to me than that 172 does. Sure, because I put more work into it, and it it, it just meant more to me. Yep. But I, I'll gladly take a 172 inch deer walking by me. <laughs> well, yeah. That I don't know. Just out you know of the blue. this 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 deer this year. <clears throat> if I'd encountered this buck ten years ago, I would have ruined it because yeah. I'd have been rabid. Yeah, I'd have been in there. I'd, I'd have just been obsessed over him. And this year, you know, I was like, "Well, I hope I get a shot at him." Uh, I didn't, you know. I was in there twice. Yeah, from July to the first of October, and I didn't hang. You know, he wasn't in my every waking moment and. I was like, well, if I get shooting good, if I don't, I got these pictures of him, you know, yeah. hundreds of pictures of him. Yeah. So, and yeah. I never, and I'll be honest, <clears throat> I didn't expect to kill him. Yeah. I wanted to, I was hoping to, but I did not expect it to come to fruition because just, you know, history, too many big ones, too close, yeah. just didn't, you know, for whatever reason, it never happened. Yeah. And I think that's probably the story with how trips. I mean, I think the story of chips has probably ended at this point. I mean, it's been, I know enough people that know of the deer as well. And I've watched him for years on end. And the fact that he's disappeared and he hasn't been seen really confirm, like I don't have pictures of him. No one has pictures of him since October 2nd. I think, I don't know whether he died of EHD or. Which un- is possible. Unfortunate or unfortunately someone. You know, which is possible too. drove past and, you know, was looking to do a bad thing, ended up shooting him or what? Who knows? I mean, we'll see what happens this coming summer. I know exactly where he's going to be. If he's going to be there, as long as things don't change, if he's still alive, I'll find him. I'm going to be looking hard for him, but it just, it's puzzling to me why he just changed. He's a, he was an eight and a half year old buck this year. It just puzzles me to why he just up and changed what he was doing. Yeah. That he had done for his entire life. Yep. He had been in this area. He had been across two properties that I know of for eight years or well, seven years. And year eight, he just changed things up. It yeah. just, it's weird. I don't really understand it, but you know, that's the mystery behind the great whitetail that we love to hunt. You know, yep. nothing is set in stone that things constantly change and it's just that we're we're along for the ride right right that's why it's called hunting yeah yeah that's my dad says it all the time like when i was younger and i'd get upset i was like ah i didn't shoot a buck this year my dad's like well that's why they call it hunting and not killing yep so i think a lot of a lot more people are out there to kill rather than hunt and i'm guilty of it i know i'm guilty of it and that's why i'm changing things up and i just want to have new experiences and i want to get out and i want to hunt more this last season, I did more bouncing around. I've hunted more public this year than I ever have in my entire life. Yep. I, I probably sat public more than I ever sat any of my private land spots, and I had some of the best hunts that I've ever had. Yeah, I missed a giant with my recurve. I I'd never had more fun missing a deer in my entire life. Yeah, yeah it sucks. I would have loved to shoot that deer. I had him at 12 yards, but uh, I missed him. I, I got busted, and... I probably shouldn't have taken the shot I did. He was he bound down into a crick bottom or a little uh 
high water slough along this river bottom. You know, it didn't have water in it at the time. But he had busted me at 12 yards. Uh, he bound down it to 25 in this little dry slough, quartering away at 25. And I was like, now or never. He was stopped. And I pulled back and I let it go. And with my recurve, it's uh, my arrows don't fly very fast. Right. And he reacted to the sound of the shot and just matrixed the arrow, basically. <laughs> but, oh, that was gut-wrenching. But I look back at it now, I was like, I, I, it would have sucked to get that deer out of there how far back I was. But it would have been cool. But at the same time, it was an awesome experience. And I, I, I don't think I would rather have it go any other way. I learned a lot this last season, even though I only shot one of my three opportunities at a buck. Um but next year's the new year. It starts now. Uh, shed season's right around the corner. Yep. Turkey season will be here before we know it. I'll be maintaining clover plots here soon, figuring out where the, all the deer are at that I want to target this next year. Or, you know, maybe I don't have a target next year. Maybe I just bounce around and I don't know. I've thought about a bunch of different things that I could do. Maybe I scrap cell cameras, which I don't think I'll probably do, but a lot more public in the next uh this next year, I think I'm going to bounce around on some more public and definitely be hunting more with uh, traditional gear. So I wish Iowa had <clears throat> more public. Uh, we're like 48 on the list for public. Yeah, we have like ground. I think it's two percent. Yeah, two <clears> percent <throat> of land in Iowa is public land, and there's a lot of people on that two percent, and it's getting more. Yeah, more and more. But there is a there is some nonprofits and stuff that work with the state that. Um, they go out and they buy, um, I think one of them is called the Iowa Natural Heritage Foundation. I'm not sure. If I'm not mistaken, but it's a nonprofit. Um, they take in donations and then they, they basically, they buy back land from private landowners or, you know, someone in the family dies, kids don't want the land. The Iowa Natural Heritage Foundation yeah. comes in and purchases it and they actually, you know, bring it back to a natural state. And then eventually some projects do get turned over to the DNR and put back into public. So I'm actually keeping my eye on a, a chunk of ground that, uh, has been purchased by them that it's, it's a decent chunk of ground. That's got some public around it. And I'm sure in, you know, coming years, it probably will eventually turn into public land, but, but yeah, I mean, Got a lot more coming on here. I know, Scott, this will probably not be your last time. You're a 10-minute drive from here, so you're, this won't be your last time on the podcast. Um, it's getting cold. My toes are getting cold. Um, so we'll probably wrap it up here. And uh, I got my diamond cutters going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a little nippy. Hopefully soon I will have this little uh, office space um, finished up, and it will be nice and climate-controlled in here, and it will be a little bit more of an, a, a comfortable experience. So work in progress so well i appreciate it scott great story congratulations um if anybody wants to see pictures of this deer you can head over to whitetailosser.com um and there's some pictures up on the home page of uh scott's deer um i'm fortunate enough that i was able to come out and take some pictures for you and measure this deer um uh, i appreciate it greatly it was uh this was a new year you know you you reached out to me we talked about this deer and we've created a friendship over it yep so it's awesome. It's crazy what deer and whitetail hunting has done for my life. I have some great people in my life because of it, and I've had some great opportunities. So, And it's just the beginning. I think Whitetail Hustler, we're still in the very, very early stages of what I could do with Whitetail Hustler, and you know, we'll see what the future has to bring. So, Well, thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. Got to be in the stand to kill one. Absolutely. Awesome. Number, number one rule. 
Awesome. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Um, I'm going to keep podcast rolling out here, whether Scott is the next person on the list or not. I've got some people in mind. I'm going to reach out to them and get them scheduled on for Whitetail Hustler podcast. But I want to say thank you to everybody who's listened and uh, we'll see you guys next time.